Sikkim is a gorgeous little state filled with many wonders. But it is not that most of the tourists come here, explore the state in its complete entirety. To address this, I am joined by Julie Kakti, the founder of Curtain Call Adventures. She is here to talk about Western Sikkim, which is an untouched part inside an untouched state, if I was say. Let's hear from her what makes Western Sikkim so amazing and unique and worth traveling to. And before we start, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on the platform you are listening. Hi Julie, thanks a lot for joining me one more time. I was hoping that this time it will be a little different, but things don't seem to be changing anytime soon. Yes, thank you for inviting me to Daily Passenger again. Yes, it is a repeat of last year, isn't it? Yeah, uh, it is. So before we start, introduce yourself to our listeners and tell us, uh, tell them what you do and what is your work all about. Hi, I'm Julie Kakti, the curator and founder of Curtain Call Adventures. We focus on immersive travel experiences, mainly to the Northeast of India. That's home for me. I grew up in the Northeast. I'm Assamese. So in 2017, I decided to focus on looking at providing immersive travel experiences in the region, because I feel there's so much to do than just the usual destinations and tourist spots. You know, the Northeast has a lot to offer in terms of culture, in terms of outdoor adventure, wildlife, food, textile, music. So I just, I wanted to showcase that to whoever's interested to come and see it. Before the tribes are changing in their ways, the way they they live, how they eat, how they dress, how they talk, you know, life changes. And before that change happens, I wanted to showcase it to travelers. I'm saying travelers because I think what I offer suits travelers more than tourists. That's why. And so that's, I started my venture in 2017. And it's been good. I travel a lot of the times with the groups. I travel with small groups. And we also curate trips for people who want to go on their own. We do some tours which specialize around children. Because I feel it's the children that hold the key to the future. You know, they need to connect to their roots. And a great way to do so is traveling with your parents. I learned my whole love for travel started by traveling with my parents at a young age. My father was a tea planter in Assam. And most weekends when we were home from school, I went to boarding school in Shillong. So when we were home from school, he used to pack us up in his old village jeep and, you know, bumble along all over the Northeast. Yeah. To go fishing, go camping, going to meet people and seeing new things and wildlife. So that was my first introduction to travel and the travel bug stayed on. So that's about me. That's great, Julie. So we will dwell into the nuances of the travels and your plans later. So before that, I'd like to know about what place are you going to talk about today? You know, today I want to focus on a region that's not very well known. It's West Sikkim. And the reason I'm looking at West Sikkim is you know, it's the kind of place which is, it's an offbeat location. If travelers go there, there are destinations. I mean, you go, you can go to Yumsong or to Paling, you know, with their hotels and you can just do 
go to see a few natural spots which are beautiful. And, you know, that's the end of that. But the reason I chose West Sikkim today and the two places in West Sikkim that I would want to talk about is Okre and Rinjinpong. Yumsong is the district center and was the old capital of the kingdom of Sikkim. And when I'm saying old, it was really old. It was in the late 1600s that it was a capital before it got shifted elsewhere. And, you know, in today's time, when we're going through such a big pandemic and we need to be socially aware and also we need to be socially sustainable. You know, we have to all, our, our conscious level of sustainable travel, living has to go up. That's the reason I want to talk about West Sikkim is it offers so much. For somebody who's allow, who wants to allow themselves, you know, just go a little bit beyond regular tourism. It allows just a lot of opportunities. There are places of solitude where you can you live with the local community. You know, they're offbeat. Like a place like Okre, Upper Okre, the population is less than 100. And it's beautiful up there. It's scenically, if you're a nature lover, you don't, you know, and you just love something that's beautiful, I recommend these two locations. And that's the reason I chose these two places for today's talk. Both of them are in the East Himalayan region. That's where Sikkim fits in. Okre is a very small town, uh, not even a town, it's a village actually. And it comes in the Singalila region, which borders Nepal. And recently it's become a popular destination. Popular means it's uh, still for domestic travel. They get a lot of uh, travelers that come in from West Bengal because it's more accessible for them. Is during the, or when the rhododendrons bloom, and rhododendrons bloom mid-March, early May. That's when now they're getting a lot of traffic coming in or people coming in. A lot of the local community are Sherpas, you know. They do a lot of agriculture. They grow potatoes, things like that. And they also have livestock rearing. So for them, they've started opening out homestays, which are really, really cute, well put together. They're very polite, very clean, but also very basic. So for that, you need a sort of mindset where you say that, okay, I will make do and I'll carry whatever extra I need to carry with me, you know, to make my trip comfortable. It could be like chargers, your battery chargers. You know, you take an extra battery for your camera or because, of, you know, the electricity is poor there, stuff like that. And uh, but what it offers is far more. It's one of those few places on earth where you can go and say, wow, I, you know, I'm in a place with so few people. And that itself is a luxury, I feel, in today's world to be able to say that, to go to places that are accessible for you to do that. You know, it's five hours from Baglora airport or station. You have to drive up. You can hire cars earlier and drive up. There are a lot of local guides there who can take you trekking. And trekking, uh, see, I'm a walker. I'm not a trekker. Yeah, I love my rustic village walks. I go, to, I choose, and I also travel with groups who like to do that. You know, I believe in the philosophy of slow travel. So a location like that, you can go and stay for three, four days, you know, and the different areas you can go to. One day you can go to a village, next day you can walk up to the Nepal border almost, and of, you know, partly by car, partly by walking, or even by, you know, partly by a donkey ride. And one of the beautiful things to do there is to go into the bus trade or the general sanctuary. And if you go early morning, you are most likely to see either a red panda or the Kanchanjanga it's called the Kanchanjanga Himal, the whole range, the Kanchanjanga part of the 
Himalaya has a call, known as the country of Himal, and you can see it in all its glory. You know, if you if you're going to get up early and go. Apart from that, the forest is beautiful to walk through. You can even trek. You need to get permits earlier. There are a lot of different types of bamboo, orchids, magnolia, and you come to a certain part where the forest opens up, and you see the whole thing is full of color. You know, red, pink. It's just beautiful. This is in April, early May, and you know, it's just you are you, the connection to nature at that point is so close and so special that I highly recommend this destination for people who are looking to do something different. These this Okri also allows you, you know, uh, it's a place of solitude, as I mentioned earlier. Simple thing like going for a trek, you know, to this, and sitting by running streams of water, just the sound of it is so soothing, you know. It's your moment of forest bathing right there. It's perfect. And these are also places which allow you to connect to yourself if you're quiet enough. You know, and These are not places where you have a lot of music, a lot of activities going on. I suggest you go with smaller groups of people all by yourself or just as a couple. It's great for family holidays too, you know, if you are into trekking and outdoor life. Yeah. And the other thing is you get to see the rural communities, how they live, you know. And it's also so nice to think that you can actually see how you being with them helps their economy, you know. And also how they live, how they still follow a traditional way, how they're slowly changing into the modern world. That's one of the beauties of Okre. And the other destination I chose is Rinchen Pong. Rinchen Pong is very close to my heart because there's a lovely homestay that I highly recommend for my guests and I go quite often. It's called Yumsung. And Rinchen Pong is a little more popular because it offers fantastic views of the Kanchenjunga, especially if you go in October, you know, that October, November. Where too, the community is a little more developed, but still they live in harmony with nature. They rear livestock. They grow a lot of uh, their millets and things like that. There, again, there are a lot of trekking to do, both in the hills and down to the river. You can also spend time in the monasteries there and see how they live, what, what they believe in, because they are closer to the Tibetan Buddhism, you know, and their, their belief in life, their philosophy is quite interesting for those who are into it. And other thing about, you know, when you, these kind of places, because you are spending a lot of time with the local community. Like when I went with my children, my, my son, he just on his own, he saw some boys playing football. He just told me, listen, I just want to go and join them. Why don't you wait for a bit to see if they'll accept me? And, you know, he went and, you know, he was hanging around the sideline and suddenly the boys called him over to come and play. And he started playing with them and they fixed up a date for the next day to join him. So these are little moments that happen when you, when you live with a community. I'm just talking about children and football. But it happens with other things. You know, we, you, you spend time in a kitchen learning to cook, maybe it could be momos or thuppa. And, you know, then you start exchanging recipes with them about how you use a certain thing, vegetable, and how they use it, you know. You share the local wine or a drink by a bonfire in the evening. That's bonding, you know. And these are things that I think go a long way as an experience. 
these places sound really interesting so at least i didn't know about these places in sikkim because i only explored like stayed in a very limited way so what was the most fascinating thing about this part of sikkim that caught your interest what caught my interest you know i i love uh, i love plants i love nature and uh, one of the things about travel that has always been exciting for me is uh, being near forests forested areas you know where you can go into a forest spend some time come out go back in i've always there's something about for uh, the way the ecosystem works you know i've always been very 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 fascinated by it and very close to it. these places offer you that and i choose april i always recommend people march april early may to travel to this region is is when the wild flowers and bloom there's nothing spectacular than going to a forest when flowers are in bloom whether it's orchids you know ferns little little wild flowers or the big trees in bloom the other thing that is interesting in going into a forest is foraging you can forage for berries this time you even forage for strawberries if you go in april that month and if you go later in the year in october you get chestnuts that's something that there's a little art that you know these are little things of an older way of life which is still very interesting and it helps you connect with nature that is the unique part of that world so what is the like the easiest and best way to reach west sikkim whether you come by airport is in bagdogra near siliguri and uh, your it's connected siliguri is connected by train also very well to the rest of the country so you come there and from there if you go to okri in west that's about a 5 hour drive unfortunately the local transports are not so great i mean the buses and all are not so great i would recommend hiring a taxi you can actually tie you know you can tie up at the homestay you're going to stay in and they will arrange it for you that would be actually better because then they will know the exact location of where to take you a lot of these places are off the you know off the grid right and once you get up the hill uh, your network sometimes gets very sketchy so that's that's what so it's good to have it planned ahead yeah once you're there of course you can give yourself that luxury of once you're getting there and make a day to day itinerary after you get to the location but getting there i think you should have it planned more because when you go to offbeat places which have fewer places to stay and facilities like that it's better to go with a plan yeah i think this is a better way to travel because lack of connectivity and networks have often gotten me in trouble while traveling in this region yeah you know even things like you know you you want your room to be ready the host wants to have enough supplies to put you up you know food things like that so yeah so that part i always tell people that you know go with a plan once you're in the place and then you can you know you want to keep it open that today i will do a 5 hour trek tomorrow i will just relax day after i'll do a 10 hour trek you know and the day after that i will go camping those things once you're in a destination yes you can but before that it's nice to go with some sort of a plan and food is an interesting part of many people itineraries what kind of culinary delights i can expect when i am there food is a very big part of my travel in fact uh, that's one of the first things i always check up wherever i travel in the world you know where's the closest market what will i get to eat anyway so this part of the world the food is very interesting and it is also served very interesting because it's served in bell metal plates yeah kansa the kansa ware 
you know, anyhow, however small the homestays or however small the village houses, if you go for lunch or whatever, they'll serve it to you in a little, little bell metal. They, they're like uh, pasta bowls, you know, they're not exactly a plate. They're slightly curved up. So that's very interesting. And the food, they give you a lot of greens, like the rest of the Northeast. They eat a lot of greens. So whether you're vegetarian or non, you will, you know, rest assured you'll get that. Rice eaters, they eat a thicker grain rice. They have a lot of millet. They make, uh, one of the things that uh, that region does a lot is called thuppa. It's like a ramen, a noodle with soup and vegetables or meat in it. That's what they do. They do, they grow this chili called dulle. That region grows this red chili called dulle. So they make a chutney out of that. You get to taste that. You will get to taste a lot of millet porridges. Yeah. And if you're non-vegetarian, they will make you chicken curry or pork curry. The other two meats that's easily available there. And a lot of vegetables that are grown locally. You know, they're delicious because they're fresh, you know, without any chemicals on them. They're really nice because uh, carrots, potatoes, peas, these are the uh, uh, regular vegetables, cabbage that they do use. And you get a lot of mustard green, which is known as lysar in Assamese. And that, like I said, greens are very popular in the Northeast. You get that. The other thing that's very interesting is the local wine that they make out of rhododendron. That's nice too. So do you get that? Of course, the momo is become a part of the uh, Sikkimese cuisine. You get that. And, you know, you can also sit with your host and make it yourself. So these are the things that you do get. One of the things that I do find, and I do insist on the homestay that I stay in, serve me local food. I don't want to, because a lot of guests, homestays tell me when guests come is that they want their butter chicken and they want their, you know, the paneer and their rotis, what, they, what people are used to eating in their home. And uh, it's quite admirable because in these little villages that have no access and very le- less exposure, people have actually gone down to, to plains where, mm-hmm. you know, places like Gangtok and learned how to make these dishes and come back because this is what they want to serve their guests if the guests ask for it. So that, that option is also there. Though I always recommend go for the local. And lastly, so what are the kind of stay options uh, that uh, one can expect? Like uh, are there big hotels or uh, only homestays over there? No, these are all homestay places. But certain places in the world, uh, you must go where there are a lot of good hotels and there are, you know, there's a lot of comfort and there's a lot of restaurants and cafes. This this region, I would say, go to places that don't have all that. Go to places that have only local homestays. And you get a variety of that too, you know. Some are a little bit more comfortable. Some are more experienced in doing it. Some have rooms that are not attached to the house. They're kept separately. Some are like an annex that are built separate for this purpose. But the one thing they all offer is very good, gracious service or whatever they have. You know? There's no attitude. Nobody tries to tell you it's 10 o'clock, no dinner tonight. Of course, you must also be responsible and be aware that you're going to somebody's home. So there's certain things that you also fall into pattern with because they go out of their way to make you comfortable. True. I, for one, will like to stay in a homestay. So because that is how I make my travel more responsible and it is a way to give back to the community because and post-lockdown it will be more important. I think so too. But I, you know, I don't know. Because uh, humans, we have very selective memory. I really honestly hope that we learn a lesson from this and that 
you know, we learn a good lesson from it. And we look at sustainable methods of travel and living also. You know, you can't do one and not the other to do both. And we teach it to our children. I honestly hope so. Yeah, Julie, you are right. I think lessons are very important because the way people are behaving and we are seeing a couple of photos from Himachal itself, like the way everyone is desperate to travel uh, without thinking of the consequences. So it will end up backfiring if they are, we don't learn and we don't start to behave or select mindful travel uh, choices. Yeah. In fact, today I wanted to actually, I, I will, I will, I will. In the morning when I saw it, I was thinking of you because you keep putting up these nuances in your uh, Insta stories. Is uh, what a friend of mine shared from Ladakh. The Ladakh has opened up for guests. And somebody did share like a huge group of bikers, you know. And uh, when the guide has asked them to put on their mask, and they're not putting on their mask, you know. So a lot of people are like, listen, if you're not going to put on your mask, go back. Oh, where did this happen? Like, uh, do you have any uh, videos or photos? Uh, there's a photo that uh, Jade House has put up. I'll share it with you. Jade House. Jade House. Uh, do you know her, Senzing? No. You should, no. In fact, you, know, you should actually interview her. She's very yeah. interesting. Okay. okay and the okay, homestay okay. in uh, in uh, Lay. You know what I'll do? I'll put you both in touch. Sure, sure, sure. Please do, please do. And with this, we will be ending this episode. Certainly sounds like an interesting place to visit after things become a little normal. Thank you, Julie. Thanks for joining me for this episode one more time. Uh, I hope that someday we get to meet and attend a festival in Northeast. Yes, I hope another day I'll be going for a walk and we can sit by the river and do this instead of doing it a recording. We can record it not over Zoom, but, you know, by a beautiful countryside. True, true. I am really excited for uh, like for next six months. I hope that I get to meet people and uh, uh, make my podcast episode more humane. That is something that is missing right now. Yeah, no, I, I must admire your efforts. I think your, your podcast has shaped up very well. <laughs> Thanks and, a lot uh, for that. So you can follow Julie on? My social media handles are on Instagram. It's Curtain Call Adventures. So is it on Facebook, Curtain Call Adventures. And on Twitter, we are Curtain Call. Please follow us. We also have a YouTube channel under the same name, Curtain Call Adventures, where we put up little snippets of life in the Northeast or, you know, our conversations with people, what we do on our travel. You can also follow me on my social media channels. All the links are in this episode's description. Make sure that you click on them. Thanks a lot for listening to us. We'll be back with a new episode and a new guest and a new place soon. 